Hello out there, Rochelle here with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. A shout out to the men listening. We are grateful for your encouragement. This young woman has so much depth and insight at her young age. Color me impressed. I am thrilled for you to hear our conversation. Sierra is an astonishing woman of 30 years of age with five children ages 10 and on down. There's some serious staying power required to be a full-time mama to this many kids and do it well. By her own admission, she is far from perfect. The beautiful thing? She still wants to learn, grow, and be fully herself in the process. I originally met Sierra when she was a girl. I got to know her, her sister, and their mom. What a dynamic trio of women these three make. I have a deep respect and admiration for each one, We've all lost touch over the years, but have become reacquainted through Facebook. That's the good part about social media, being able to reconnect with people from your past and see how they are doing now and etc. Along the way, Sierra took a different path from her peers early on, and now we'll get to hear about it along with how she's doing now. Welcome, Sierra. Hi, Rochelle. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, so nice to see you. What would you like our listeners to know about you by means of an introduction? Well, um, I am a 30-year-old, so pretty young for um, being a mother already of five kids, ages 10 to 8 months old. And I do stay at home with them. And um, I'm a Christian, which is sort of the most critical thing about me, I think, um, in terms of who I am and how I live my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, um, I'm a really relational person who loves other women a lot and, um, loves these kinds of things. And is just, uh, all about fortifying, um, new relationships and current ones in my life. So I love that sort of who I am. (laughs) Well, that's great. Thank you so much for that introduction and that I mean, like I said, we've lost touch for so many years, but it's so nice to hear you've just grown and blossomed into this amazing, amazing woman. What three words would you use to describe yourself? I was kind of chuckling while trying to (laughs) think of this question. Um, Honestly, I I could be very negative about this, right? People often ask us, what three words would you use to describe yourself or what five words or whatever? Um, And sometimes we want to say things like, oh, I'm stubborn or this. I've chosen to go with the word fierce. Yes. (laughs) I'm fierce, um, empathetic, and relational, like I already touched on. Yes. So, Oh, I love that. And fierce is one of my words, by the way. To describe myself. I love it. Yes. I love that. Yes. Okay, fierce, Strong. empathetic, and relational. Oh, those yeah. are fantastic. What is your favorite Christmas movie? The Santa Claus, hands down. Okay. Tim Allen is just, <laughs> okay. if I were a guy, he would be my 
male idol. Oh. <laughs> if I believed in idols, I guess, but <laughs> right, right, right. He's somebody you look up to, you like his performances, and he's funny and all of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure your kids enjoy the exactly. movie as well. All right, two truths and a they lie. Do. They've taken after that. Three things um, about yourself, and then I get to guess which one isn't true. Okay, um, I'm married to my high school sweetheart. I live on a small farm, and I play the guitar. Oh. <clears throat> okay, married to high school sweetheart. I sort of feel like that's true. Live on a farm. I don't know about that. Play the guitar. I'm going to go with living on a farm. I'm going to say you that that's the lie. You don't, that you don't live on a farm. You are spot on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of see you playing the guitar. I mean, I, I didn't know that you did play the guitar, but I love hearing that right. you play the guitar. That's wonderful. Yes. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I have for years. Oh, yeah, my thanks. gosh. I bet your kids love that. Little sing-alongs and everything. They they do love it. I've definitely gone through periods where I haven't done it as much or at all. Um, and then periods where I'm more into it. And I think that's just the ebb and flow of yes. bouncing motherhood in, in terms of all our other interests, right? Right. Absolutely. Now, speaking of women, I, I do believe that we struggle with worth, that feeling of self-worth and worthy and all of that. How do you counteract some of the mixed messages that we receive as women Mm -hmm. Um, another tough question. And I think sometimes this takes years and years to figure out. Um, mm -hmm. Agreed. but for where I'm at currently, one of the things, and it's taken me, I want to say about 12 to 15 years of hard work in this area. Um, but it's surrounding myself with women who a tribe specifically is what I call it. Um, of women who really, really love me. Mm -hmm. And those relationships have been put to the test, of course, as relationships um, are. But women who love me and who have continually pointed me in the direction of truth, um, which tends to stand on our, the foundation of our faith. Mm -hmm. And um, women who have not necessarily turned their back on me, but um, just stood by me through whatever life throws at us. Um, some other things I've learned to do, and this has been really recent is make changes to, um, advocate for my well-being and even my family's well-being, um, by acknowledging unhealthy patterns that, that I've created. Uh, I think in, uh, just anybody's life, regardless of whether it be 2020 or, you know, a great year, um, I think we have a tendency to create toxic cycles for ourselves that, um, hold us in a pattern of what we know and what we're comfortable with or um, prevent us really from breaking free of things that maybe are a little unknown or scary. And so that's something I've really had to um, spend a lot of time as a Christian in prayer over what are some things that I do that hold myself in patterns of um, unhealthy behavior. Mm -hmm. And those things ultimately um, get me centered back on, okay, you are above these things. You are more than these things. You have the power mm -hmm. to make your life better. Um, and that has been huge for me in really understanding um, the value that I hold. Right. As a mom, as a woman, as a wife, et cetera. So. Oh, my gosh. You've put a lot of thought into that. That's really um, 
very moving. And I, I love the, the tribe, you know, surrounding yourself with the tribe of women. And I think that is such a good word picture for, because as women, we are relational. So making sure that you are surrounded by a group that will meet you where you're at, will tell you, you know, when something's not quite right or whatever, they're not afraid to speak mm-hmm. the truth in love and are there mm-hmm. to celebrate with you when things are going well. And that that's so important. And I, I hope that for every woman, I hope every woman has a tribe. And if you don't have one, go find one, start creating one because mm-hmm. that is such an important aspect. I think of being a woman because we are so relational and, mm-hmm you know, getting through life in a way that is richer, sweeter, more enjoyable, fulfilling, all those great words. Right. What's one of the wisest things right. that anyone ever said to you? Oh, there are so many. <laughs> so, so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a hard question for me. One that was said more recent and pertains a little bit more to my life and where I'm at in my life, um, but could easily pertain to so many, I think, is um, by trying to control someone, when have we ever caused that person to genuinely change? Mm. And that could be said in in many different ways, right? In an effort to control someone, when have we caused genuine change or when have we caused that person to change their behavior? Or classically, we've heard we can't change people. They have to make that choice on their own or, mm-hmm. um, you know, those types of things. It was the way that this person said it to me. Um, because I had heard, you know, the latter example so many times, you can't make a person change. But when it, the question was asked, when uh. has controlling behavior ever caused a person to change yes. from a genuine place? And that, that really has been huge for me this year. Wow. So it's just a, a big a big one for me right now. <laughs> that is a big one. And that is just taking kind of what we've heard and turning it into a question really shifts it enough to where we really see the truth and the futility of trying to control another person. Oh, that is... Absolutely. That is... Snap, snap, snap. That is, that is really good. I love it. The last fun thing you did. The last fun thing you did. Oh, the last. So the last fun thing I did um, seems kind of silly. It was in September and now it's December. Um, I just celebrated, like I said, I'm 30, my 30th birthday in September. And my sister and her partner and my whole family my sister who lives in California, so that's a big deal that they were here. She hasn't been here for a birthday in a long time, came out and we went to dinners and brunches and we spent some really much needed time together and had some time just to grown ups, which is so great <laughs> for a mom <laughs> of five. Um, and also spent some great quality family time. And honestly, I think it was the most joy I felt in a really long time and just the most genuine fun just being together, right. you know, we didn't, didn't need Disneyland per se, or, um, you know, the beach, which we've done those things this year. Um, and in years past, but 
I think given the year we've all had, I think that was a pretty huge, huge moment for me to just be together. So Right, right. And, and I think that this is such a good year to really treasure the slowing down of things and the simplicity of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may not notice mm-hmm. the slowing down so much with five kids, but I mean, things have definitely yeah. got simpler and just being able to be together, True. I could see that that would be such a sweet time. Now we're going to take our deep dive into uh, the topic that you brought up, which I just thought was so worthy of spending some time on. Um, Well, there's some different kind of components to it, but it's basically about Mm -hmm. motherhood and faith during motherhood. And so... Mm -hmm your faith is not service level and uh, you've had some grief this year, but you're raising your, and not, but you're raising your children in faith. So talk to us about that. Okay. Well, that's a can of worms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The word that comes to mind for me in all of this is navigate. And I think a lot of people have been, getting that word lately. How are we going to navigate this, this year, this trial, this whatever circumstance? Um, and this year has been for me acknowledging that I stand on my faith. That is the rock of what I stand on Mm -hmm. my relationship with Christ. Um, navigating what I really believe and what it is that I want to impart to my children in the midst of everything has just been, well, a whirlwind, frankly. I don't know that I can say I've figured any of it out. Mm -hmm. All I know is that in the process of it all, God has revealed things to me at very precise moments when Mm. I need revelation of what to do or, um, frankly, when to act, how to act, et cetera. Um, and it's been a great year for me of understanding full dependency or what that really looks like on Jesus Mm -hmm. when I've, so much tried to control Mm. my circumstances or my environment. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's uh, what, what, (laughs) I don't know what else I can say um, as an introduction to the topic other than it's really show this year has shown me a lot about really letting Jesus take over Mm-hmm. in the midst of every single aspect of my motherhood and um, and my life, really. Well, that's a big thing to learn. And like you mentioned, it really is a process because, I mean, no matter what age you're at, we're still on the journey. We're still, you know, exactly. we're still navigating it, to use your word. And I love that. It's a great, mm-hmm. another great one. And the fact that you've learned um, about 
how little control you actually have, you know, at age 30 with five kids is, is such a great place to start navigating. I mean, obviously there are things that you do control in terms of being a, a wife and a mother and, and raising your children and all that, but in a much bigger sense, we don't have control. We don't have control over COVID. We don't have control over, you know, some of these things that are happening externally and mm-hmm. that you've reached this, you know, um, epiphany, conclusion, revelation already at age 30 is, is really quite remarkable. I mean, uh, but diving into that more, if you don't mind, no, not um, at all. it's a daily, oh, and sometimes I'm bad at it. I'm just going to say that. But um, realizing, I feel like over and over, how, again, breaking those cycles, those um, those poor pattern behaviors, but also trying to acknowledge within that that, okay, I, I am not in control. It's a daily, daily thing. And yes, we want to be in control, like you're saying, of, you know, taking our thoughts captive, meaning we don't want to let negative thoughts take root and, and fester, right? We, we are all responsible for our actions, but, um, I've had so many instances this year where I have been struck with the realization that I try to control everything, Mm. even to the point of, I know it began with the toxic cycles, but even to the point of my 10 year old who is developing this independence, right. And this self, um, the self image that kids I think start to develop as they get into these preteen stages. And (laughs) it's so weird. It's so weird. I'm watching this uh, go down and I'm thinking, I'm not ready for this, <laughs> but, um, and I thought toddlers were tough. Give me back the toddlers, please. <laughs> and every mom says it right. Who's, who's experienced in season. They say, um, Oh, just you wait until they're teenagers. I've heard it so many times and, and you don't get it until you're there. But, um, even with his behavior, me trying to control and, um, really, Lately, I've started to realize that, okay, I'm trying to control something to create an outcome that I desire, that I want, when God has an outcome far greater in mind. Right. And if I just let God show me how to handle my child rather than getting frustrated, angry, you know, ending up at these dead end places with our kids, which is so so common for moms. I hear so many moms talk about that. Um, just let God show me what exactly he wants me to do with this mm-hmm. situation and being willing to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Cause there is a, that stubborn component to my fierce personality <laughs> trait that, um, definitely has me sometimes saying, well, but still I'm going to do this thing. (laughs) And, um, sometimes we just have to succumb to what we know in our heart is really the right thing. 
I saw somebody post one time, and again, with the, you know, the, the, the spirit of um, social media being a, a, a benefit to people sometimes, where it can also be a oh, real negative thing. But yes. I've had a lot of benefits come from it, truthfully. Um, I saw a woman post something about how her child had a really hard day, and I'm sure we've all seen this, but was a little boy, probably about my son's age, and he was in the bubble bath with a, with a little drink that his mom made up for him, really cute. And she said, ultimately, she had two choices that day, whether to deal with him harshly, essentially, to reprimand and to come down on him about whatever he had done, or to just extend grace. Mm. And... I really, that, that meant something to me because I can be very stern about things, very strong, opinionated. And, um, I, I decided in that moment that I was going to start practicing more, more grace for my kids. The fruit from that, however, didn't come until later, Mm. much, much later after reading that, after reading that post, it's funny how God will plant a seed in our minds or hearts Mm -hmm. about something. And then you'll revert back to it. You'll acknowledge it. Right. And then it isn't till, and I mean it like four or five years later that God is saying, I put that there for this time Mm -hmm. to, to kind of create a new perspective in you, a new behavior, um, to prepare your heart for, for this thing that's coming. And so, um, I've really been working on extending grace. Um, you know, rather than reprimanding or disciplining, which I do think is important as a Christian, as Mm -hmm. a mom. And we live in a time when there's so many opinions about discipline and what that needs to look like. Mm -hmm. But I'm choosing to listen to what God says is right for my kids and my family. Right. And even within your family with five kids, of course, the baby's the baby, but it, you're, if you meet each kid where they're at, that that could look very different for each child. I mean, obviously, you're going to have certain house guidelines and that sort of thing about like TV watching mm-hmm. or media or well, all of that. Right. But now each child is different. And, you know, it's possible that a different approach, depending on the child, is really called for. And I understand what you're saying about grace. And I love that image of that mom deciding you know, whatever the circumstances were. And we could all quickly stand in judgment and criticism and opinion about what she did. But that's what she felt called to do was to extend grace, prepare a bubble bath, prepare a cute little drink for the child Mm -hmm. and just let the child, what a different kind of approach that is. And, um, I, I can really appreciate that having raised, co-raised three children and raised two children, so five like you, they are all very different and and trying mm-hmm. to, to, you know, meet the needs. And even though some might say, well, but that's not fair. You didn't do that with so-and-so. Yes, but I'm, you know, I'm doing what I feel in my heart I'm being called to do with, with this child. Mm-hmm. Right. 
That's, do you do you, do you find that that through this learning that you're doing that uh, you are kind of like tailor making, so to speak, some of the different ways that you interact with each kid? Or I don't want to use the word discipline because you're helping to shape and form them the same way that we are being shaped and formed by our God. So. Do you find yourself sort of helping to shape and form them each a little bit differently than the other in some ways? And then, of course, in, in some ways, it would be the same. Yeah, absolutely. And um, can I just be the first or not first to say how hard that is? <laughs> when, <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. You know, <laughs> yeah, again, going back to the whole thing of letting God be the one providing us with what we need to flow directly from him all of these things that our children need because sometimes it it feels impossible but that is exactly what I've had to do Rochelle and and I've I've been a little intimidated if I'm being honest at the mm-hmm. at the task because um yeah I'm a little bit of a a lot of a perfectionist actually so when I don't accomplish what I know needs to be accomplished or when I fail, which we do fail. Yes, daily. Just inevitably. Mm-hmm. Inevitably. It's just I got to get over that fear. <laughs> um, I, I struggle a lot. And so I get this thing called, you know, some I can't remember what it's called actually. It's some sort of paralysis, but where yeah, perfectionism creates paralysis in people. Um, I I get that, and so I am struggling to meet the need, whether it be disciplinary or just emotional, mm-hmm. as well as physical. There's always a physical need with five kids. Um, I'm struggling to well find that balance, I guess, of of meeting the need. And again, being okay with what I am able to provide and knowing that, um, yeah, it is enough, right? Um, going back to that thing of how do we combat just the, the, all the pressures that give us this idea and concept in our, in our mind that we are, we are not enough, that we're not valuable enough. Um, so, um, one, it, it's been a new thing though, Rochelle, also, me getting to this place of acknowledging that they're all so very different, especially because it's ever changing. Mm-hmm. And I know you get this with the ages and stages they go through. It's just like, oh, we're in a new thing now. <laughs> yeah. It's really, yeah, it's, and, and, and for me too, because I feel like in a, in a sense, I've really been growing up with them, you know, being obviously 30 and my eldest is 10. So I've really struggled with it, but I'm really starting to get to that point where I acknowledge this child needs this thing from me and this child needs this and so on and so forth. And I really, give all the credit to God in that he has really opened my eyes because my heart has had an aching and a longing to know what it is and how it is that I really need to come alongside my kids and meet them where they are 
to cultivate, um, to really just cultivate the spirit that God has given them that he desires for them for their right. life. I think that's the shortest, best way I could actually put it. <laughs> right. And what I think is so great about that is that you are not only meeting each one where they're at with each one's different needs. And like you say, stages and ages, but now you are also in a, in a parallel sense, growing alongside them in your mom role and you're being shaped and formed while there you are helping to shape and form them. And I think it's so telling that you are wide open to that process that you're not, no, this is it. This is the way it's got to be. And you know, you're not stuck in this place of, of rigidity and inflexibility and not being able to adapt. You're, you're like, Hey, mm -hmm. I, I am more on the perfectionist side, but I recognize that I can't really back to the control question. You know, I've got to, I've got to release some of this. And I, I'll tell you when I first was a stepmother, and we brought the Christmas tree home. And I, I had had some years alone with Sean as a single mom, you know, Sean. And my, mm -hmm. my tree had to look like incredible. Okay. So fast forward, <laughs> right? Fast forward to, you know, having the stepkids and letting them decorate and just like, uh, 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 just, you know, the, the placement, like, no, the big ones need to go no more towards the bottom. No. And just like inwardly, right. just like, oh, just change it later, you know, just <laughs> inwardly feeling like that. And fast forward to today yeah. where I just like put it where, you know, just, you know, they're yeah. all older and have their own trees. But now it's like, hey, put, put whatever you want, put it whatever you want. But I mean, that was a process because like you... I, I was tending toward the perfectionist side and I would just like, gosh, I've got to change this as soon as I go to bed, you know, not, not noticeably, but just like a little bit where it, it, it took a lot of years to release some of that mm -hmm. and to really be like, does it really matter? No. Mm -hmm. Like this year, yeah. Ron put up, we couldn't, the only strand of lights we laughed, the, like we can't figure out what happened to all our lights. But the last strand that we could find to put on the tree was, okay, white lights, but a white cord. So a white cord on a green Christmas tree, this, this is not, this would not be acceptable in past times. But I just said, oh, I don't care. I don't care. It's the, we have it. it it'll have lights right. on it. It's fine. It's fine. We'll get it. We'll get a green one for next year. But that took a lot so of funny. that took a lot of time to reach that, and that's mm -hmm. just a really tiny example of really something that does not matter in the scheme of things mm -hmm. at all. But mm -hmm. it also kind of indicates some of my personality tendencies, and like you're saying, you know, having to, you know let God sort of gently and sometimes not so gently, you know, really just mm -hmm. kind of release some of that and just, mm -hmm. you know, and now to be to the point where, yeah, it's a tree. Yeah. It looks beautiful. Great. Who cares right. about the white strand going around? I don't care. You're right. I love it. And, <laughs> and I think as humans, 
no matter who we are, I think we have this innate need, desire, whatever you want to call it, to control as much as we possibly can. Right. I think it's uh, some sort of self-preservation technique <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> because, um, yeah, it's frankly, it's it's hard to be a human being with all these feelings and emotions and um, all this input and stimulation and and just life that we call it life, you know. But um, sometimes we feel better, right? If the stinking cord is the right color. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I do know, I do know what you mean, and I'm getting better about it. Though, again, it's still a daily struggle because I'm not, um, I'm just not as matured in my life as you are. Well. And that goes, kind of goes without saying, right? But, um you are truly wonderful, Rochelle. And oh. I'm looking to you for inspiration right now going, okay, Rochelle, we've got a great example here for somebody <laughs> who we should all take very seriously. Um, that things like this, they really don't matter. Um, but the irony is with respect to even motherhood or especially motherhood, um, is that those can be the things I've noticed that really negatively impact my relationship with my children. So okay. to be able to stop and go, oh my gosh, is this worth it? Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that God has actually shown me that this year. Finally, I'm going finally, as if, you know, he's the one holding back. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. me. It's my stubbornness, right? But um, I'm finally experiencing the wisdom and revelation that um, – my children, their spirit that they have, it's more keeping that intact is more important than my perfectionism. Right. Well, and but that's yeah. The beautiful thing, though, is that you were wired that way. I was wired this way. And for lots of things in our life, it's a really helpful thing to be. Mm -hmm. But then there are other areas in our life where it's not as helpful to be this. So that's where, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're doing it, you're in it, and you're aware, which is a great first step, and you're releasing it, and you're allowing, you know, God to work through that. And obviously, we're talking about grace as well. I, I, I would just hope that you are giving yourself tons of grace because, you know, in the process of your little ones teaching you about you and God showing you who you are, there's also that self-component, which is, you know what, I'm wired this way and it's so good in so many ways, but in other ways it's not as good. So I'm just going to, you know, be in process of releasing that and just keep releasing that and being mm -hmm. good to myself and reminding myself I am enough, by the way, right now, right where I'm at. Same with you. You are already good enough. You always have been. You always will be. And if we can speak some of that life into our kids with their little different personalities and the way you are raising them, they are going to be just, you know, 
I don't want to say so far ahead of the game, like it's a race or something, but just there's really, I mean, you're giving your children faith and letting them feel that they are enough just mm-hmm. the way they are and that they are all individuals. I mean, what a gift to have you as a mother, truly. Thank you. That's really sweet. But um, I really honestly, it, I don't, I can't take the credit. I, I oftentimes sit back and just think, wow, God is really good to correct my heart and things that need correcting. And, um, and so not only giving myself grace, but actually being able to receive it, Mm -hmm. receiving it from God and knowing that, um, he, it's flowing from him just in ample, Mm -hmm. immeasurable amounts just based on his character alone. And so, um, I've really been, been working that out in my own heart of it's okay to receive God's grace um, and to walk in that truth and also to walk in repentance in that um, acknowledging to God, I am not perfect. I need help and I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So that's been really huge. And I think that is huge for a person who says they're a Christian to step into that and say, God, I acknowledge my shortcomings. I'm sorry for those. So those two have been very tandem to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you're absolutely right. And, and we've all heard the saying, you know, we don't want our children to have a childhood that they have to recover from. <laughs> but you know what Rochelle? we all have to recover in some way from right? something oh, no, of course no one is perfect there's no perfect parent I mean I yes. know the most some of the most incredible parents on the planet and and their children still make their own choices yes and go out into the world and make their own mistakes and yes. those parents are still there to love them and um and that's just life you know yes. but but that's my desire is that my children won't have a childhood they have to recover from. And I'll be really transparent with you. There are things that are going to take some time to undo. Okay. There okay. just are. Well, that's, they, that's real though. Yeah. But this, yep. And <laughs> you know about me, I am not surface level. I don't, uh, I don't put on an act. I have made some really rough mistakes with my kids. And, and not because I don't love them fiercely, but because um, I am just another example of somebody that goes out into the world, makes their mistakes, have to figure it out, and is just there willing and waiting to receive God's direction and grace that he has to pour out. Well, one of the things I love is when you know better you do better. So mm-hmm. in in all those 10 years of motherhood, at each and every stage and day, you did the best you knew how to do at that time. And that's where, to me, the grace comes in and forget beating yourself up. There's nothing to be gained from that, nothing whatsoever. I mean, discouragement and being down on yourself, that's not love at all. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, moving on and just saying, okay, 
I did the best I could do at the time. Now I know better, so I'm going to do better. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. even sharing that with your kids when they're at the you know appropriate age. I mean, your, your baby wouldn't understand you saying that to her right now. But, you know, saying, hey, you know what, mom? Mom did the best she could do at that time. And you know what's so cool is, is that I know some new things now. And, and mm-hmm. I can do some of those new things now. Mm-hmm. And I think that models for them oh okay so when when i know to do things better i will do things better mm-hmm. i mean how great of an, a gift is that for them to see oh mom's not perfect because you know kids think that kids think mm-hmm. that for the longest time even even though our parents show us over and over how imperfect they are we still kind of think they're pretty perfect and then you know you know, you don't want them to someday have that massive revelation. Oh my gosh, my mother was not perfect. No, I showed you, remember, I showed you all along the way. I mm-hmm. I am not perfect. When I know better, right. I do better. And I get to keep learning. And that's what's so great about this, being a mom. And that gives you a gift. It gives you time. It gives you patience. It models for them um you know, kind of how to do life, because that in a nutshell is how to do life. When you know better, you do better. Absolutely, Rochelle. That is, that is just, you have a way with words. Um, that was beautifully said because you're right. We, we can see it time and time again, over and over. Um, People say, oh, you've turned into your mother, like those kinds of things, although they <laughs> they say it sort of half jokingly in a mean way. But um, I look back on my childhood and I think, really, we're so impressionable. And eventually, I think we revert back to doing the things the way our parents did them and mm. or believing or saying or parenting, to be specific. Um, I don't remember looking back on my childhood and acknowledging, I know, I know I didn't have a perfect childhood. Um, I came from a home that was, my parents were divorced and it, my mom was a single mom raising my sister and myself. And we didn't have a lot, though we were very blessed. We had family that was there for us. We had great friends. Um, we never went without mm-hmm. food or home or clothing or anything like that. And I don't recall ever feeling bad about any of that. Right. Um, and, and in addition to that, I don't ever have any bad memories of my mother. Now, isn't that interesting? I had a loving mom and she taught us about Jesus. She, she took great care of us and she was exhausted, right? You can imagine a single mother, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. she was exhausted doing it on her own and yet as an adult I can sit and tell you I don't have a bad memory of her as a child and she laughs at that to this day and says well trust me they existed (laughs) I messed up all the time I would yell at you guys I'm telling you Michelle I don't remember her yelling and I think for two reasons one and I and I say this to all my friends all this time all the time I think I don't I don't really think it matters what method you use or how you do things or whatever. What matters is that you just love your kids. Yes. 
I Amen. swear by that because uh-huh. I feel like I'm a, a testament to that. Um, and the second one being, again, God's grace. Uh-huh. I think God's grace covered my mom. And I think God gives special strength and grace to mom and women, moms and women, sorry. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, because I think their role is extremely unique in, in what they're required to provide yes. emotionally all the time. And so I think that's really, I think that's really something that we should all carry with us to acknowledge and know, yeah, our parents make mistakes. And some people aren't, some people don't feel that gift that I'm talking about. And, and, um, I, I wish that weren't true. I wish there weren't people who didn't, or who, I wish there weren't people who walked around carrying the weight of a bad childhood. Right. Agreed. Um, but you are so spot on and that, you know, that you know better, you do better. And love is the root of it. Yes. Agreed. Love is at the root. Well, Sierra, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I can't believe it's been so many years since I've actually been able to see you face to face. And I, I am thankful for social media and that we were able to reconnect through this. And okay. I, I know that uh, this conversation is going to touch a lot of people. Um, you already are a wonderful mother and you were from the moment you held your first little one in in your arms and you continue to desire and want to be you know the best again not in a race or a competition but just the best you can be for your kids and you want the Mm -hmm. best for them to be who they are vulnerable imperfect and loved just like you said you Mm -hmm. love them so thank you for our time i am just on behalf of all the listeners that this will go out to I am grateful for you and everything you shared with us today. And I learned, I learned, I learned stuff today. And I can't wait to re-listen to this because that's when I really start sinking my teeth in and making notes and all that. So thank you, Sierra. I'm, I'm grateful to you. And your mother did a fabulous job. She did. And your sister's oh, one pretty, you. pretty wonderful woman herself. And I hope, I, I hope to get them on the show one day as well. That would be so cool. Thank you so much, Rochelle. This was a blast. Oh, good. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Thank you, Sierra. I'll talk to you later, dear. Okay. Goodbye. I can only imagine you delighted in this conversation with Sierra the way I did. While we didn't talk about humility, it is something she clearly possesses. She wants to take her fierceness, love her kids while meeting each one where they are at. We need to do that with our children and with each other. Remind yourself in trying to control someone, when have you ever caused anyone to change? Now that's a question worth pondering. And I do like to ponder. The Unabashed You website has photos, quotes, and a blog for each episode Each episode has its own page, unabashedyou.com. Look under episodes. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, both unabashedyou. Twitter, at Rochelle Renee. 
Follow us on any and all of the above. There are frequent posts with great photos and inspirational quotes, and I do love interaction. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us through email at unabashedyou at gmail.com. We're on Apple Podcasts. They have a new feature under episode notes that will take you directly to that episode's page on our website. We invite you to subscribe, rate, and review to support us in being more discoverable. Also, we were recently added to Amazon Music under podcasts. It's great to get these conversations out in the world. We want to listen, read, and be inspired. And now for our blessing. Dear God, it's time for me to forget the past, forget the mistakes, and focus on what you're doing in my life today. You're placing the right people in my life. You're closing old doors and preparing me for new opportunities. Pruning process can be uncomfortable and painful, but I know it's for my good. In Jesus' name, amen. Women and men listening, grow, go, be unabashed, be you.